Hello, my name is Zachary Rodier, and welcome to the Kornianaki HU's bonus series, QWHU Score Recap, where we recap the games that happened yesterday and preview the ones today, just 30 minutes or less. And uh, we had six possible elimination games yesterday, and we only have two round robin games today, so I'm excited to get those uh, previewed for you. But let's get started with the six games that happened yesterday. Alright, well, we had six really exciting hockey games yesterday. Yesterday, there were six possible elimination games. Um, they were all game fours, and five out of the six of them, they were elimination games. And the other one is going into a game five, and we'll talk about that one in a little bit. I also want to apologize for the later episode today, since there's... um. The first game today is only at 3 o'clock. Uh, thought that we could do a little later episode, especially with the games uh, going into overtime last night, the last two. Um, but anyways, let's get started with yesterday's games. Um, first, let's start with the Florida Panthers and the New York Islanders. That game had a final score of 5-1 to one in favor of the New York Islanders. And the New York Islanders have won this series 3-1, to one, and the Panthers are headed home today and are now eligible for the draft lottery. So this was a pretty interesting game. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You'd think that you would see a lot more push from the Florida Panthers on their side, but you really didn't that much. I, I thought one name that we're going to get to know a lot for the New York Islanders is Anthony Bevilliers. I mean, this guy has had a series for himself. Um, he's had a lot of great passes, a lot of great goals. I mean, this guy, in my opinion, is going to become really important for the Islanders in the playoffs. Um, but shots on goal-wise, 38-25 to 25 in favor of the Islanders. So Florida really couldn't get their offense going. And uh, power play-wise, New York was 1-for-3 and Florida was 1-for-5. So anyways... um. 11:32 in the first period, Anthony Bavillier uh, had a weird shot with a backhand. It and it hits uh, Bob's pad and it goes right in. Um, it was a rough goal for Bob Rowski, in my opinion. But you know what are you gonna do? There's bad bounces like that sometimes, and uh, things happen. But now the Islanders were up one zero, and then 15:10 in the first period, Bavillier. He is, again, gets another goal backdoor, two-on-one. Bob has no chance. He even didn't bring his stick because he didn't think he needed it, but maybe he did after he let in that one. 15-10 in the first, now 2-0. Now, the Island, the Florida Panthers, their season's on the line. They're not going to quit that easily. Um, Hoffman backdoor pass to, by Huberto, and Hoffman now gets the Panthers in by one. Uh, they're just down by one now as 18:41 in the first and then a power play goal uh at 801 in the second it was a cross ice pass and uh bob couldn't get that shot um there was too much ice to cover for him and at 801 in the second and it was now 3-1 in favor of the islanders and by the way that hoffman goal was a power play goal as well i thought bob didn't have a great start to the game and he would you know, he struggled in the playoffs before, even though he uh, had a good series against Tampa last year. But 
I thought in the second period, Bob was starting to look more comfortable. Uh, Barkov had a wide open net, but New York Islanders player Pulak had their stick to block it. Uh, Weger, uh for the... He goes down uh, after a nice block shot, and I think he goes to the locker room, and we don't have any update on him at this point. And then uh, I think he's for the Florida Panthers. And then uh, at thirteen, at ten thirty-four in the third, four-one, um, Barzell for the New York Islanders has a breakaway. He elevates it over Bob's shoulder, and now it's four-one. So at four oh five in the third period, the Florida Panthers pull Bob to try and salvage their season. Um, they don't come back from that three-goal deficit, but another team does today. We'll talk about that. Um, and Pajot, with an empty net goal, 17-17, he buries it uh, and seals the deal for the Florida Panthers, and the final score is three as 5-1. to one. one thing to note is the New York Islanders never trailed in the series, and we're going to talk about this on our Quarantine Hockey HQ uh, episode. It will be episode 16. We're going to have um, Dave Gosher from the Vegas School Knights, uh, who does the play-by-play for them. He was on before, and he previewed all of these play-in rounds with us, so he's going to recap them with us as well. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this one. But one thing to note, the New York Islanders never trailed in this series. And here's a quote from New York Islanders coach Barry Trotz. He said, I liked our focus today. It was the only one. It was only one end goal it was to be the better team and win a hockey game. There was no me and anyone. It was all we. Everyone was, I, as I use the term, pulling, the, pulling on the rope. I didn't have any passengers on our bench. Would not allow anyone to be a passenger, which is a great sign. Um, I was reading that quote for exactly how it was, so it's a little hard to understand. Um, but Bobrovsky, the goaltender for the Florida Panthers, he says, right now it stinks. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. But I have thought guys worked hard. Guys had gave everything they have. We fight. We compete. It is what it is. We got the good experience, and we have to learn from it. We still have a great group of guys. It's a great locker room. We're close to each other. We lose as a team. We win as a team. It's disappointing, but we're going to be better next season. And let's see. And uh, maybe they'll have Lafreniere coming to their team, but we'll find out on August 10th if that will happen. Just in two two days from now. So excited. Uh, the next game is the Nashville Predators versus the Arizona Coyotes. And the Arizona Coyotes were able to close out that series with the final score of 4-3 to three in that game. And overtime, three overtime games today. And they won the series 3-1. to one. Shots on goal-wise, 52-34 to 34 in favor of the Nashville Predators. So, no, the Nashville Predators really, really worked hard in this game. And it, Kemper for the Arizona Coyotes just didn't give them much. Um, he had a great day with 48 saves. Um, the Predators were dr- the Predators uh 49 saves. Excuse me. Uh, the Predators were really drilling hard, but Kemper was just really strong, and the Arizona Coyotes uh were pretty good on the offense as well. Power play wise, Nashville is one for two. Arizona is 0 for one. So only three penalties the whole game. But let's get started. Grabner for the Arizona Coyotes at 17:27 in the first uh, has a snipe and a bullet top shelf through traffic bar down and now the Coyotes are up 1-0. Then we have Phil Kessel for the Arizona Coyotes 137 in the second period he has a slapper near the dot uh 
their face-off dot after a big tone turnover, and now Arizona's up 2-0. Nashville's not done as well because Matt Duchesne has a nice tip-in goal from Roman Yossi at 429 in the second. And then the tie, the Predators tie it at 826 in the 26 in the second. Ellis has a nice pass to Arvidsson uh, of the National Predators. Kemper, uh, the goaltender for the Arizona Coyotes, can't get there in time. He is beat, and it's now tied, like I said. And then the Coyotes, they bounce back. And at 421 in the third period, Osterl has a nice shot, and they show that they're back in this game, and they're going uh, to try and close out the series. Even though this was happening, Nashville really had no quit in their game. They were checking hard. They were putting all everything they could on net to try and salvage the season. And they finally were able to tie it. Philip Orsberg at 19.28 in the third, 32 seconds left in the game. Forsberg ties it with a nice one-timer, a quick slapper. And now we're going to overtime because the Predators were able to keep this game alive and their season alive. Bad news for the Predators at 527 in overtime. Their season ends after Hinstroza of the Arizona Coyotes uh, has a nice shot that goes off Richardson of the Yotes and uh, a save from Soros and then Richardson uh, goes in again. And shoots it, and it goes in with the rebound. It was the OT winner, and um, just a few thoughts on the series uh, before we recap it on the Quarantine Hockey HQ episode um, on the 11th, is that they played Saros the whole series. They didn't play Rene once, um, but I thought this was a good showing by Nashville, but Arizona was just the stronger team. Now let's go to the first uh, seed uh, game. This was a really fun one to watch, uh, but obviously sad for many fans as well. Um, this was the first 5-12 versus 12 seed game. Today, the Montreal Canadiens could have closed out the series if they win the game, and they did. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins were sent packing. Um, 22 shots on goal each. Uh, each team was 0-2 for 2 on the power play, so it was a really tight game in my opinion. Um, Jari and Price started. Uh, Jari for the Pittsburgh Penguins start instead of Matt Murray. They both looked pretty good. And throughout the whole game, it was a really tight game. The Pens weren't playing like their backs were against the wall, however. They didn't have the intensity. They were playing like a regular season game when their season's on the line. And it was Sidney Crosby's birthday, so you'd think that they'd want to do it for him. Um, but the, I thought, A, the Pens, they were usually really strong on the power play. And they, they weren't strong on the power play in this one. Um, so that, that definitely hurt them, and both the Pens and Montreal Canadians were struggling on the offense at the beginning of the games. Um, but I thought Pittsburgh was dull, to be honest with you. And at 15.49 in the third period, Paul Byron, who's behind the net, passes it to Lickinen of the Montreal Canadiens. Lickinen was wide open, Jari was tangled up, and he couldn't get there in time. And the Canadiens scored the first goal of the game at 15 15- 49 in the third period. It was a scoreless game for the rest of the game. 126 left. Pittsburgh pulls their goalie, Shea Weber, with a long empty net all the way from his defensive zone. 1928 in the third period, and the Pittsburgh Penguins season is over. Um, I thought this was a pretty interesting one to watch, but again, I didn't feel like Pittsburgh showed the urgency they needed in this game, and I think they got what they deserved because they really didn't play a great game. They didn't show that urgency. They only had 22 shots on net. 
Um, and when your season's on the line, you'd expect more from them. Carey Price for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Montreal was seed 24 out of the 24 teams. They, sh- in usual years, would not have been even close to be making the playoffs. And they won this game, and they're going to be in the playoffs uh, facing the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Carey Price said, we definitely all motivated going into the series. We were definitely all motivated going into this series. Nobody was going to give us a prayer to beat them. That definitely played a factor into it. I thought we all took it with a grain of salt, went out there and tried to prove everyone wrong. Chris Letang for the Pittsburgh Penguins said, I thought the guys prepared themselves well, but when the puck dropped, we faced a well-balanced team with a great goaltender that played better than us, and I think that's what happened. Um, you know, I, I, I think Crosby said, listen, it's a three out of five. Anything can happen. We did some good things. Did we do enough? No. Give them credit. They played really well and got some big plays throughout the four games. This is a situation we were faced with. We would have loved a better outcome. You know, I, I really think that this is all on Pittsburgh. They had the series in the bag at the beginning on paper, but they really didn't show that intens- intensity, and they let the Pittsburgh, uh, the Montreal offense give too much. And, uh, of course, we're going to recap this whole series uh, with Dave Gosher in a few days. The other uh, 12 versus 5 seed was the Chicago Blackhawks and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Chicago could have closed out this series, and they did. They won the series 3-1, and won the game 3-2. Shots on goal-wise, 45-29 to in favor of the Oilers, so they definitely showed the urgency. Um, Edmonton was 0-5 on the power play, and usually their power play is good, so this definitely cost them today. Chicago was 0-2. Um, Archibald uh, started things off 45 seconds into the first period. Archibald for the Oilers has a fantastic one-timer after a beautiful pass by McDavid. They're up 1-0. Then Brandon Saad for the Chicago Blackhawks ties things up with a wraparound at 5-16 in the first. Then Duncan Keith at 7-56 in the first period has a one-timer bullet and high more for the Chicago Blackhawks gets a redirection. They're now up in the game 2-1. Uh, James Neal for the Edmonton Oilers gets the puck to Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Crawford was beat. Now it is 2-0, that is at 2-0-2 in the second, and now the game's tied. And Kubalik, the rookie for the Chicago Blackhawks, has a bullet of a shot at 8-30 in the third period. And he wins the game for the Chicago Blackhawks. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. Connor McDavid said that Edmonton just didn't have the intensity and they can't play Calgary... Uh, and in the Battle of Alberta to just get their intensity, they have to bring up the intensity more. And uh, that's they think that what's cost them. And don't look now, but Edmonton and the Pittsburgh Penguins are in the draft lottery and they could get number one pick. Alexis Lafiniere. We'll find out who gets that pick on August 10th. Now let's go to the next game. All of the games so far, all of the four games so far, all of the possible elimination games were all the losing teams were eliminated. Now let's go to this the, this game. Uh, and I just want to warn you, you guys know I'm from Columbus. You guys know that uh, I like the Blue Jackets. So there's a little bias in this one, uh, in this uh, recap. And I just want to be upfront so you guys know that. Um, but I always try to be at least the most least biased that I can be. Um, but this was the only one that the team that was down in the series didn't get eliminated. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Columbus Blue Jackets in overtime four to three yesterday. Shots on goal wise, it was fifty three to thirty nine in favor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Power play wise, 
Toronto was 1 for 4. The Columbus Blue Jackets were 0 for 3. Now, after the blow lead from T- Toronto in Game 3, um, Columbus was looking to finish this one off. Columbus was looking strong with a good start, and I thought Elvis Merzlikens, who started for the Columbus Blue Jackets, he was looking really good. I thought Toronto had a really good push near the end of the first period, especially with the power play they got. Um, but then at 3.58 in the first period, Cam Atkinson has a nice backdoor goal after a really, really nice pass by Pierre-Luc Dubois on a 2-on-1. Then, 4.40 in the second period, Gavrikov for the Columbus Blue Jackets, he has a nice high shot, and he gives the Blue Jackets a 2-0 lead. One thing to note here, Dean Kukan and Spezza for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, they had a fight. I thought the power play for Columbus was really bad. If they're going to want to win this series in Game 5, they're going to have to work on that power play. The game started to get really aggressive. Um, Columbus power play, they had another non-eventful power play. And then at five, at 14-18 in the third period, Nick Foligno tie, was tied up, and he has a nice pass to Boone Jenner, who was all alone and had a break array, and he scored and made it 3-0. And at this point in the game, I know we saw a Maple Leafs blowing the game in Game 3, but that was a period and a half left um, that Columbus was able to come back. With around 6 minutes left in the game, Columbus is up 3-0. You're already starting to think about the handshake or the fist pump line. You're already seeing all the memes from people, all that TSN and Bar Down and all these writers talking about the handshake and how, how Toronto, the host city, blew it. And But then you just see the perseverance from the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Columbus Blue Jackets took their foot off the gas pedal with that six minutes left. They let... They didn't have really any offensive time during that time, and it was just like they were on a penalty kill for that six minutes. They did not, they they just really took their foot off the gas pedal, in my opinion. I think that it was a blown effort by the Columbus Blue Jackets because at 16.03 in the third period, William Nylander for the Toronto Maple Leafs gets it through Elvis his legs in the five hole it trickles through after Marner gets a shot on net now at this point you're like okay Toronto has life they have life uh and but Columbus still has this in the bag Columbus had some empty net chances that they missed the net multiple times one of them uh got stuck between the plastic on the goal I've never seen that one before that was pretty interesting but you're still at this point saying okay Columbus still has this one. And then at 1654 in the third period, John Tavares has a perfect shot over Elvis Merzlikens. And it's now 3-2 in favor of the Columbus Blue Jackets, but they're back. Uh, You know, Toronto's back. They're within one. And as a Blue Jackets fan, I'm sweating. You're really scared. And then... Toronto does it. They come back. 1937 in the third period. Zach Hyman has a nice shot. He gets it through. And he ties the game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I I really don't think 
people were blaming Elvis. I, I really don't think all of these goals were Elvis's fault. It was a team effort. A team lost for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And But in my opinion, I was a little surprised that John Tortorella, after the overtime intermission, didn't put Corpus Allo in to try and change the energy for the Blue Jackets. But he didn't, and I thought Columbus was going to win this game in overtime. They, just like the game before, Toronto was having a really good overtime, and they lost the overtime. I thought in this game, the Columbus Blue Jackets had a really, really good overtime. But then Nick Foligno got a penalty, which in my opinion, I yes, was there a stick near um, Morgan Riley's skate? Yes, there was. Was it a really sensitive call? In my opinion, yes. I thought Morgan Riley went down a little too easy. Um, but again, a ref's decision is a ref's decision, and I'm not going to complain about that. Um, but then the power play, Toronto with a really great power play. Um, their star players were their star players today. And at 13-10 in overtime, Austin Matthews wins the game for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and now we're going to a game five. It will be the only game five of this of the qualifying round. So excited to see that game five, obviously going to be really intense. It's going to be really nerve wracking for blue jackets and Toronto Maple Leafs fans, but I think it's going to be a really exciting game. And obviously as blue jackets fan, I'm a little sad about that loss and I, I just can't still can't believe what happens, but you got to give the Toronto Maple Leafs credit where credit is due. They didn't give up. Their season was on the line. They pushed hard and they did it. They came back with a three. They, Columbus blew a three-goal lead, but it was all Toronto's effort. With four minutes left, they came back, and they did it in overtime. Kudos to them. They deserve that win after Columbus took their foot off the gas pedal and thought the series and game was theirs. Austin Matthews for the Toronto Maple Leafs said, I don't really know what to feel in the moment, to be honest. I think your mind just kind of goes blank, but I think it's a credit to every single guy on our team for just sticking with it, battling back and not just quitting down 3-0 with a couple minutes left. I think that's a testament to each guy in this locker room, and I think everybody should be extremely proud of each other. Zach Hyman for the Toronto Maple Leafs said, It's not over until the time runs out. Once you get that first one, you're only down two. And then we got the second one pretty quick after that. The belief starts to grow, it grows, it grows. And then you give yourself a chance. You keep putting pucks on the net. And then we tied it with 20 seconds left there. Then match got the OT winner and we've got life. I think it's an exhilarating win. We've got our temper, our emotions, and get back at it for game five on Sunday. That's going to be an exciting one. Atkinson for the Columbus Blue Jackets said, I'm not going to dissect this one. It's a series for a reason. They clearly wanted it more than us. We'll be ready to go for Sunday. Game 5 is in Toronto, the Eastern Conference hub city on Sunday at 8 p.m. The winner will play the number 2 seed of the Eastern Conference, and we'll find out who that is today. Uh, it will be the loser of the Tampa Bay Lightning and Philadelphia Flyers game. Um, Shannon Key for the Toronto Maple Leafs said Columbus was doing a terrific job, really clogging things up in the neutral zone, so we didn't have a lot of life going. Um, John Tortorella for the Columbus Blue Jackets had a 47-second press conference, only answered three questions, and didn't say anything. Besides, one thing to note, um, the star defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Zach Wierenski, is injured. He didn't play in the overtime, which I think hurt the Blue Jackets. He didn't play with eight minutes left in the game, um, so he's injured. Tortorella says there's no update on him at this time, and uh, obviously you hope that he's okay, 
and we'll see if he can play game five on Sunday. But let's get to the last game of the day, game six. And uh, this was also an overtime game. Um, the Canucks won this series three to one, and they won the game five four. Shots on goal wise, it was thirty one to twenty nine in favor of the Vancouver Canucks. Now, at two twenty eight in the first period, we have a power play goal. It was a greasy goal for the Minnesota Wild, and. Now they're up 1-0. Then Pearson for the Vancouver Canucks has a great shot at 12:52 in the first, and he ties the game. And then this was a high-scoring game. Uh, Eric Stahl for the Minnesota Wild has a snipe through the post in the helmet, between the post and the helmet um, of Markstrom, and he gets the Wild up 2-1 now. And then Erickson Eck, uh, 5:39 in the second. Barry buries a loose puck right in front, and then Ryan Sutter uh, gets the deficit up, and now they're only down by one. Uh, he he bats the puck in. The puck was in the air, and then Hughes ties it up with a power play goal at 8:44 in the second period with a nice wrist shot. It was a blast of a goal for that rookie who's a Calder Trophy finalist. And then Stern, 1908 in the second, um, with just it's it's this is unbelievable. With uh with less than a minute left in the second period, they now um get the lead. And then uh 1414 in the third period, Bo Horvat for the Vancouver Canucks ties the game. The game goes into overtime. And Tanev for the Vancouver Canucks. He ties, he wins the game and the series for the Vancouver Canucks with 11 seconds into overtime with a heck of a shot. Good for him. Good for the Vancouver Canucks. They will make the playoffs. And um, after all of that is settled, we and the whole Western Conference is settled there, um, we do know a few things. The Chicago Blackhawks, they will be playing the number one seed. And the Arizona Coyotes will be playing the number two seed. Um, the Vancouver Canucks will be playing the number one seed. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks will be playing the number one seed. Arizona will be playing the number two seed. And the Calgary Flames will be playing the number three seed. And the Vancouver Canucks will be playing the number four seed. Um, we'll find out more of that today in the round robin. And I hope you really enjoyed these games. And, of course, we're going to recap all of these series with Dave Gosher on the 11th of August. Um, so make sure you listen to that. But we only have a few minutes left here, so let's preview uh, today's games. There are only two games today, and before I get into those, I just do want to note for the Toronto Maple Leafs and Columbus Blue Jackets game, I forgot to mention that those three goals that Toronto scored, um, they did have a pulled goalie, so it was a six on five. Anyway, let's get into the two games today quickly. At 3 p.m., we have a round-robin game between the Van Vegas Gold Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. Um, just to note, the winner of this game will be the number one seed in the second uh the loser of this game will be the second seed, and again, uh, they will both be playing. The number one seed will be playing Chicago, and the number two seed will be playing Arizona. Uh, I don't know who's going to be in goal for the Vegas Golden Knights today. Uh, I know Francois is probably going to be in goal for the Colorado Avalanche. They're both really good 
two good teams, and I'm excited to see this one at 3 p.m. on NBC and, of course, on Sportsnet. Now, the second one is 8 p.m. This is also this is the Eastern Conference number one seed game. Uh, the winner of this will be playing Montreal, and the loser of this will be playing the winner of Toronto and Blue Jackets series. This is at 8 p.m. on NBC and on Sportsnet in Canada. Now, I'm excited to see this one. Uh, Flyers and Lightning are two different teams here, and I'm excited to see how this one plays out here. I think uh, that the Flyers could really do it. They were the four seed. They could come up and do it all the way uh, after. Um, I think that if they get the first goal and they're really aggressive and checking hard, they can do it. And if Tampa... It gets the first goal, and Vasilevsky's really strong. I they I think they can do it as well. Um, my opinion, I think for TV and podcasts and everything, if the Lightning lose this game, and Toronto wins, and and Columbus wins the Toronto Blue Jackets series, you're gonna have a rematch between Columbus and the Lightning, and I think that would be a sick series to rewatch this year. Um, but we'll see what happens with these two games today. And of course, we'll recap them tomorrow on a quick QWHQ score recap episode because there's only two games to recap uh, tomorrow and only three games to re- preview that day. Um, but for, I'm Zachary Rodier, and let's get you right into that outro. And of course, enjoy the games today. That is all the recapping and previewing we have today in the Quarantine Hockey HQ Series QWHQ Score Recap. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, at Hockey HQ Podcast, and Instagram and Facebook, at Quarantine Hockey HQ, uh, to make sure you're following us during the exhibition games and qualifying series. Uh, my name is Zachary Rodier. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you tomorrow on QWHQ Score Recap. Thanks.